disclaimer. This podcast is run by two idiots who just want to have some fun talking to people. Don't take any of the points made too seriously. None of the points of poking fun at people or making any serious points are made actually seriously. Please research and make your own judgments on anything we say. Thank you. I don't think there is such a thing as objective. Do you think robots feel emotions? Good morning, good afternoon, good night, everyone out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Mikel, and this is the Tech Before 4 podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Ryan Afmarshet. Say hello, Ryan. Hi. Thanks for introducing me, Mikel. Yeah, okay. That was kind of weird. Uh, and today, for one, we have a topic to talk about on the Tech Before 4 podcast. Isn't that amazing, Ryan? Isn't that truly amazing? Anyway, yes. today, I want to talk about something that has been bugging me for a while, and I thought it was kind of funny to think about, which is teenagers. Teenagers are weird, aren't they? I just realized, just, you know, you know, looking back at memories and stuff, like, especially still being in high school, I've been like, I just observed teenagers, and I'm like, wow, these are really weird creatures, aren't they? So, today's topic, I want to talk about teenagers... Uh, I guess this is part of the Tech Before Core thing, learning about teenagers from two uh, dysfunctional teenagers, so <laughs> yeah, dysfunctionality. <laughs> Alright, I want to start off with, like, uh, 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 I was thinking about this, it's like, what makes a teenager a teenager? I feel like a lot of people say it's like the hormones or the age, but like, when is the point between you being a child and a young adult that you're a teenager? Like, I feel like some people are like late bloomers, like, I feel like for me, my hormonal thing like came up like pretty late. Like I would say some people start at like seventh grade or eighth grade. I started at, like ninth grade or something where I actually started to like notice that I have like different behaviors and stuff. Like so what about you, Ryan? What do you think makes a teenager like when do they become a teenager? Well, I think it you know, obviously and uh obviously you could make this into thousands of cases, but I think one of the things that makes a child a teenager is the fact that he has developed, as you mentioned, hormones and certain stuff that, that are only own or that will only be developed in a certain age. Like for example, when, when you're a child, you don't you don't really think about things like, I don't know, maybe things like love or things like, you know, having a crush at someone or things like, you know, the importance of social status and etc. And I think the idea that someone has become a teenager is, at least for me, is the idea that someone has acquired the biological uh, requirements in order to have these kind of vision or these kind of ideas, you know, like crushes or uh, I know insecurities and etc. So yeah, I think that's what comes to my mind when I hear the word teenagers. Like it's like funny to me, like mentioning biology, right? It's it's kind of weird because there's a lot of things that we want to describe as being biological or like. I guess, like, as I said before, like, teenagers, it's, like, I think you mentioned as well, it's, like, very hormonal, like, it's very much, like, 
scientists like have seen that you know hormones are released when you become a certain age or you know during this time period there's like a certain amount of hormones that release that you know change the way you think change your emotions and stuff but like what like i feel like a lot of part of it is not really like biological like if it was i feel like the human body would be it would be easier to observe like i'm gonna call out one of our previous guests here Lula, and in his episode he mentioned how he took off a bunch of hobbies and different stuff to impress girls and i feel like this is from year seven or something since he was a seventh grader and you know that's such a far cry from like i guess i don't know about you but like i only started like not even having those feelings but like that kind of like i feel like mindset or that kind of like emotion at like ninth grade like oh there's this emotion that exists and this emotion exists but you know you can't really target it anything like i feel like it's not i don't know do you think it's biological or is it more like uh like a, a mix of both because i feel like although like in a previous episode that we mentioned about love and this is a topic we're not allowed to talk about actually because we're not experiencing this is that you know it's very much uh scientific it's not biological but as in it's you know it's psychological you there's a way to manipulate that you know that setting and manipulate these certain circumstances to get the result you want but is this always going to be the case is it sometimes you know is you know is it not rational like a lot of like emotions can you describe emotions as rational or not because i feel like you can't right i feel it's more irrational than anything well well i think when it comes to emotion i think it's it's quite tricky you know because people i don't think there is an objective argument i don't think even even when science is used to form that argument i don't think that it is objective simply because i think at the end of the day people see the world based on who they are and based on the things that they attach to certain experience like for example maybe when i you know i had this childhood childhood trauma when it comes to buttons and so when i see buttons i look at it as a threat and meanwhile maybe you look at the button as you know as a normal stuff as a normal you know a normal everyday things and so when it comes to emotion and when it comes to these kind of thing when it comes to see the world when it comes to saying an argument or having an argument i don't think there is such a thing as objective or i don't think there is such a thing as rational even if someone you know as i mentioned before even if someone put you know the this scientific data and stuff but actually the data itself are subconsciously filtered using their own bias and so i believe that when it comes to these kind of thing these kind of emotions and this kind of you know feelings and stuff it's i believe that it's more than simply a biological uh, phenomenon it's also uh it's it's also having to do with you know environment and having something to do with you know maybe your i don't know your parents or your or the things that you experience when you were a kid and so again when it comes to these kind of feeling uh, these kind of things 
I think you should also mention, you know, like the philosophical sense behind that thing. Like for example, like love, for instance, you know, these kind of thing. I'm, I know I am not certified to talk about it because I am suck at it, simply beyond imagination. Uh, and so, when it comes to love, I think the idea that there is a quite powerful force in having a crush in someone else is not entirely biological. It's also, in some sense, philosophical. And there is a beautiful line by, I, I forgot his name, I think it's Rumi, Jalaluddin Rumi, if I'm not mistaken. He mentioned that the only thing that we know about love is its name. We don't really know how does it create it. Because the probability that you'll see someone and you'll have a crush at someone is very low if you if you look at it from a helicopter view. You know, like the moment you see someone or the moment, you know, you, you are in the same environment as her or the moment you you are born even. You and know, so I think... a very famous scene from a movie, right? I forgot what it's called, but it's this moment where... Uh, so this guy is running through the street. He passes through a corner and he's carrying a cup of uh, liquid juice. And then he bumps into someone. I forgot the actor's name, but you know, and spills it all over. And then that's like that movie is about that love of first sight, right? Again, we're talking about love here, and we're not qualified to talk about this. You know, that's you know, it's it's just one of the example. Yeah, life is not a rom com. Like these kind of things don't happen in real life. Like. Like, you don't fall in love with someone. As far as I know, I don't think you fall in love with someone at first sight, right? So, like, these kind of things, like, fiction and stuff, like, these... Okay, no, I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. You should just continue, right? No, no, because, because here's the thing, though. I think one of, you know, I used to men- I, I used to say that, you know, love is simply, you know, this biological... Uh, phenomenon and this is basically what happens when you you know when you need someone else and when you don't get the confirmation that you should receive from your parents and etc but later i realized and i reflect on myself you know my, my some of my experiences having these phenomenon and i realized that it's not simply biological it's also philosophical and it's also you know irrational in some sense but it definitely is something that is chaos and beautiful at the same time you know because it's it's so unlikely that you are born and you met and you looked at that person in order to develop that level of you know love or even feelings you know it doesn't have to be love it it can also be hatred and even you know simply uh i know maybe simply looking at someone else and thinking that they are good and i i think it's it's more than biological phenomenon do you think robots feel emotions like ai right so i read a lot of sci-fi right so like talking about this like i read a lot of sci-fi and there's like you know like, let's not talk about sci-fi, but like something famous Hollywood or Terminator, right? Terminator has feelings, right? Like, you know, you know, any way you look at it, the Terminator is a machine 
that doesn't have an AI that, you know, has feelings. Do robots, like, how do robots feel emotion? Like, if humans don't understand, like, is emotion learned? Is emotion, like, innate? It's, like, really weird. Like, like think about it this, right? Can you teach an AI to fall in love? Like, an AI is built off of, like, data, right? Of, like, different data sets and, like, different, you know... So if you found, like, a million people who have fallen in love before, tell them to give all their data to the AI, could the AI naturally fall in love? Like, it's something completely off-topic, but, like, it's weird, right? Like, just the fact that emotion isn't rational, it's not objective, it's very subjective. So where would an objective mechanism or an objective being, such as machines, how would they... Like, this is why I feel like when people say that AI is going to take over the world, I kind of scoff at them. Because I feel like that's not possible. There's no motive, right? Unless someone instructed an AI to take over the world, it wouldn't be the AI's choice to take over the world. It would be that person. That person would be taking over the world. So basically, like, is there like, it's it, it's weird because, you know, an AI, as I said, it's an objective being, right? It's an objective, like, it's a grand being. And then you, you know, insert these objective notions such as, you know, motive, you know, reasoning. Because the reason for AI is instruction, right? Instruction, instruction, instruction. You give it a variable, it will spit out another variable. It's a machine. It doesn't feel emotion. Like, so it's like... It's Wi-Fi, like, looking at, like, people who are like, oh, the world is gonna end by AI killing us all. It's like, and I'm more like, why? Why would they do that? That sounds very stupid. Anyways, that was a weird you know, tangent. You know, it's it's quite interesting, you know, to think about these kind of things. To think about, you know, how, even how AI would take over the world and those kind of stuff. The sci-fi stuff, basically. And... You know, I, I remember, I think a few months ago, I read, I think I've, I, I told you, I, I've read a book. I haven't finished it, a book by Sam Harris called Waking Up. And so basically, uh, he, he dissects how the brain works and how uh, people perceive myth and religion, those kind of stuff. And one of, one of the interesting from thing from that book is the fact that no one are able so far so far science uh, development haven't or cannot explain consciousness you know they uh, no matter how uh, and I personally believe that this is something that no matter how develop our scientific technology is this will never be enveloped this will never be uh uncovered you know consciousness is is a universal mystery and so i think when it comes to you know having or having the wants to take over the world and you know having the wants and having the ego to you know to really be the number one being you need to have consciousness or even even simply to 
have an idea what do you want not what other people want what do you actually want what do you think are valuable you need to have a certain level of consciousness and i think no matter how good an ai would be and how incredible the technology will be i don't think that they will be able to have this uh this incredible thing called consciousness like no unless obviously you put on someone's brain on an ai yeah but that's then, then a different be case because and yes exactly person. it's not an ai anymore like artificial yes. intelligence no matter how intelligent it gets it won't gain consciousness because as we know yes. real people are stupider than machines and they don't need intelligence to be and okay. i think this is what makes us you know what this is actually what makes us beautiful you know we are not we are not robots we 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 are more we are more complicated than robots you know one of one of the thing that robots do is that they know uh they have instruction as you mentioned before they they are they are built to do certain things but they don't actually want to do that thing they just told to do that that thing they don't have the wants they don't have the ego they don't have the you know you know the desire to do that to do those things they're just being told to do those things and i think when it comes to taking over the world they need someone to tell them or to instruct them to take over the world before they take over the world and so the idea that they will by themselves take over the world is not entirely makes sense at least that what i believe and what i currently believe you know it may change later you know maybe some you know some day people will actually find out the mystery of consciousness but i think it's it will be so far ahead I don't think it will be something that, you know, will be will be done in a second like when you build a computer or something like that. Yeah. For now so we yeah, have millions and millions of amazing sci-fi books and I will read all of them. I swear to god by the time I die. I love sci-fi so much. Just you know like a lot of things I do I realize like inspired by sci-fi books. Like do you know Dune, right? Yes. Dune. Like, Dune. I haven't watched it though. The original book was book. a sci-fi, right? Now I'm gonna be honest. I've never read Dune. I've been planning to read Dune for a very long time now. I haven't read it, but like, there's so many aspects of sci-fi that like, like economy, like the world building, that kind of like influences how I think. Like, I don't like people, but I love the world, right? I love the world revolving around the people that live in it. So like like I have a, I I like a very specific type of fiction which is like uh, unless I want to turn off my brain and not think I love it if like the world is the one that's the character the main character isn't like you know person A person B or like ent- entity one or entity two but it's like the world like it's revolving around the story is set in the world the world is the story and like I keep saying I like but So like <laughs> I keep saying like there's so many parts of sci-fi that I feel like are so interesting that can be applied to the real world like so many intricacies like different like aspects and why I love learning about social stuff is because 
not because they're interesting, it's because of sci-fi. I love, you know, world building. Yes, world building on a real life world. Oh wow, interesting. Uh, by the way, speaking of social, uh, oh, yesterday I, I I was thinking a lot about, you know, there there has been a stereotype that mentioned that science major is more complicated than social major and this is also the reason why i was i was kind of disappointed that we cannot get the you know some some of our social teacher on the podcast this season because i've been wanting to know what they're actually learning and how how interesting their uh, subjects are and, then we and did so get a social student we talked about how he he was rua <laughs> yes and so i was kind kind of interested in your opinion what do you think of that stereotype you know the relationship between science and social major or yeah, at least in high school like here's the thing i have parents parents that comes from a very like i think you also know this maybe you feel you're the same but like a parent that comes from a very impoverished like impoverished background right and like if my story is like if you don't get into like the like stereotype is if you don't get into science class and you get social you're not part of the family anymore you're 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 done you're a failure right and then you know there's also the third one right i think maybe you're forgetting some classes some schools at least that i've heard of have language as another one right social science language and then you know i feel like nowadays more than ever science is kind of becoming useless like as much as science prevalent today but you know the major of science compared to other subjects feels kind of you know undervalued now it's like overvalued because like we have stuff like um As we mentioned, we just talked about artificial intelligence, right? And nowadays, there's a lot of since artificial intelligence, we've got to the point where engineering has allowed us to get to a pretty, you know, intelligent system that most people can access. You know, you're starting to get different kind of perspectives on it instead of you know the engineers and the you know coders working on it. You get the philosophers, you get the historians, you get the all this other what we can call social, right? My favorite author, my one of my favorite authors, is Yuval Noah Harari. And you know, looking at his background, he's not a science student at all. He's a historian. So, you know, in our in our I guess sphere in an Indonesian kind of society, he would be classified as a social student. Yet I found him to be way more charming, way more intelligent, and way more kind of engaging. Than any kind of science kind of related person I've ever you know seen or you know read a book of or heard before. Like they're not the richest, right? You know, I feel like you can example of you know Bill Gates, just like the science science student, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. But like today, in today's age, I feel like that we're going to an area, an era. I think Indonesia agrees with this because as we're filming this. Rumors are going around about how, in the future, and I think by next year, that that system will be abolished. There's no more social, no more science, 
and it will be a mix. And I think although there are some benefits that I find science as a system, I think there can be so much more benefits from having both. Jack of all trades is not a master of none, but it's versatile. You know, able to be to do all. Hey, by the way, by the way, speaking speaking of that quotes, actually, you know, a lot of people got it wrong. So, the lines that mention that Jack of all trades is the master of none. That's actually not a complete quotes or not a complete sentence because the full sentence from the actual book that mentioned that quotes is uh, goes like this. Jack of all trades is the master of none, but it is better than master of one. So basically, Jack of all trades allows you to have this, as you mentioned, more diverse perspective on the world. And I think it allows people to create more and to sort of see the world more interesting than, let's say, a specialist or someone who, you know, actually go really deep into only one subject. So yeah, please continue. It's really your... interesting because it's very similar to one of the other quotes. You know the story of Icarus? Icarus? No, I okay, heard so of it. The story is, a Greek legend is, Icarus flew too close to the sun and he died. He fell to his death, right? So the, more of that story was, and the quote that people say is, don't, you know, try, don't get your, don't be overambitious. Don't, you know, don't overestimate yourself. But one of the other parts of the quote is that Icarus could not fly too close to the sun, or his wings would burn and he would fall to his death. He cannot get too close to the waves, too low, or the bearings of his wings would break. Right? And you know, similar to like the Jack of all trades thing, you know, uh, there's an effect in literature and movies. So. Um, I'm gonna, this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, I, I, this is kind of interesting to me, which is, uh, do you know, you know Star Wars, right, Ryan? Yes, so, I, like, I, I'm not quote, a fan, but... Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan either, but I know of Star Wars. There's a famous quote that I think most people know, which is, Luke, I am your father. Right? That's yes. not the quote from the movie. It's, I did not kill your father. I am your father. Not Luke, I am your father. We're something around the line. So, you know, there's like this, this like, I guess, unlike, so, unlike, uh, what are they called? Um, okay, I'm not, I'm not ignoring that, but, you know, this is one of the phenomena that happened that, you know, people tend to shorten, you know, phrases and long stuff either to one, fit their needs, or two, because it's more memorable. Jack of all trades, master of none is, you know, more memorable and more, like, engaging than Jacob Trades is a master of none, better than master of one, right? Like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Like, oh, it means, oh, okay, you can be A or you can be B and everything is fine. But, you know, it's more provoking, I guess. And that's a very common thing that happens in media. I feel like maybe if you, like, scoured around and you thought about some the quotes that you knew, there's a lot of them that if you look at the actual origin, completely different or like very altered anyways 
away from that tangent and back to your point about what was it again? Oh, Jack social anxiety. Yeah, I feel like today, uh, why that that you know social and science is a good thing is because path, right? You know, it's like a choose your own adventure story, right? You choose. But the problem, you know, you choose, you're locking yourself in, like you're giving yourself, you know, a smaller area to work with. You're tightening the restraints, but at the same time, you're kind of like allowing yourself to, ex- to like, you, you, can, you don't have to explore as much, you don't have to think as much, you know, you can just kind of, oh, I want to do science. So this is the stuff that, you know, that's in science that I want to explore. And I think, I, I disagree with, I think it's not better than master of one. I think if you're really mastered at something, it's better at, you know, better at it than, you know, if you're just okay at it. But I do think that if you're okay at a lot of things and you're good at one thing, that's pretty, like, in today's society, in today's standards, you would be highly higher, highly, you know, desirable to be hired. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah. I I do agree with you, though, because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you need to have, you know, a certain level of understanding of a subject if you want it to be distinguishable by, let's say, a company or someone who will hire you. But then one of the problem with only having one skill that is very good is that they are not capable of shifting when the world is changing. Like, for example, you know, maybe someone is a very good carpenter. They can, they could cut the woods in this perfect line. But then as the technology gets better, his job is, has shifted. Now, he, the skill that he has to cut woods are no longer be, you know, are no longer shines as bright as it used to because nowadays you could have, a, let's say, a factory or a machine to cut the woods. And so I think everything has, you know, both sides, you know, obviously have advantage and disadvantage. And so when it comes to master of one and master of none and they are it's kind of complicated it's i think it it depends on how you are raised and how you think or even how you are biologically you know biologically uh biologically formed as a human you know because people actually think different not entirely not entirely because they are raised different or because they are or because they have a different reference but some of them is also because of they have this you know unique brain that kind of distinguish them from other people and so i think when it comes to this kind of thing it all comes down to you it all comes down to the person itself which job suits you the best which there i don't think there is something that you know that is that will be great for everyone And so, yeah, by the way, I think I would like to bring back our discussion to our previous one, our previous discussion uh, with regards to social and science major. 
So I will. So let me say what I. Let me say what I heard from you, and you, uh, you, you evaluate what I think whether that is right or wrong. So you believe that social major is more useful nowadays because of the fact that science have become this sort of uh this sort well because science the job in science can be replaced by ai and can be replaced by machines is that true is that uh, correct no I- Okay, so let me clear something up. I think that it's not because science can be replaced by AI or machines. It's just because, in a like kind of market of jobs kind of point of view, it. I feel like the people who are going to be successful in the future, in the next generation, are going to be the people who don't choose science because it's so flooded. There's so many people who chose science. Like, I think that being in Chicago. And our our scope is so small, right? Because for us, we know a lot of students do social as well, right? Even though they have the freedom to choose both. But you know, other schools and knowing from other people, talking to people in their squad and agree, right? Local schools, people you know still have that stigma that science is better than social. People who are have social outcasts and mocked and all these things. But I think these people who did choose social. Are going to be successful in the future because of you know, as the stigma goes stronger and stronger and stronger, and you know people still believe in it. Eventually, the market will override itself. It will like the jobs for engineering, the jobs for like science things are going to be overrun, and the people who are left that still are able to do stuff are the people who do social. And what I, what I mean is like people, social is more useful. I think at this point now. They're about. It's not that one of them is better than the other. I think I, I disagree with that as well. I think if you're a science student, you could 100% go social, perfectly fine as long as you're interested in it. I think now I know more about social than I will ever know about science, and that's just without me. I'm in a science class right now, so you know it depends not on the class but on the person. But that's basically what I'm saying. You know. I I kind of disagree with your with your points though uh, with regards to the stigma and the amounts of people that chose science at least and so you've mentioned that because of this stigma a lot of people are forced or a lot of people tend to pick science over social but but a few days ago I did a research for my college and i look at the data between social students and science students you know the amounts of people who got into university and pick social majors compared to the people who goes to college and pick science major and so the ratio is quite equal though you know the amounts are quite equal like it's 50-50 it's almost 50-50 although The social sometimes the social are bigger than science, while other times it's the other way around. But 
but when it comes to college when you know it's it really comes down to this you know because in in high school you could pick science and then go to social major in college but then in college you really pick something that you are truly interested in and so in college i don't think there is this stigma anymore and there is this you know this idea or this tendency for people to pick science over social and i think the idea that social is uh is inferior to science is also i do not quite agree with that argument because i knew some as you mentioned i knew some social people they are completely intelligent they are absolutely intelligent like as you mentioned you well know harry or you know professor jordan b peterson or i don't know sam harris or malcolm gladwell and more and thousands more and so i think i do not agree with this idea but but i don't think science is advertised as much though although science is viewed as this you know as this superior subject i don't think a lot of people actually pick that subject because of that reason because a lot of people you know i'm pretty sure you've met thousands a lot of people who you know who do not pick science because they think it's complicated you know who do not pick science because it's too hard for, for them and so i think the idea or the stigma that science is superior to social is also you know in some sense has it is advantages to the major itself because it makes people kind of you know have a distance with that subject you know because oh this is the hard thing this is for the smart guys this is not for me meanwhile i, I believe that, point, that this idea of science the idea of it society size it's the elite one right it's the elite subject for the elites right so if you want to talk about a country where this is very true but say look at india right the most like the ceo of twitter is indian right the ceo of google is indian you know and these are all people who come from you know technology backgrounds college so i sure always call it india but you know the the government supply you know technology based colleges right these are like the pinnacle of the country like this is the top of this is why we stereotype indians as you know being engineers or you know scammers this is not me trying to stereotype them but you know there's this kind of idea that you know all indians are scammers but you know one of my favorite content creators electrobu he does the engineering stuff on electricity he's indian as well and you know there's this idea of it being so elite and so um so i guess amazing i think that my point is that now that kind of image is being distorted that image of it being elite at least in indonesia or maybe around the world this image of it being elite and you know just because of uh i guess media i would say just media in general kind of portraying it as much more less kind of you know elite again i'll say it's worth elite again it's not an elite subject it's not as you mentioned it's complicated right although there you know it's you know in in living in Indonesia we've heard stories from our our friends our classmates about you know them going through science classes it being super difficult or something super challenging and you know that that's probably very true 
but you know that that's very, that's still very much the image of this being the subject for the best of the best, right? And I think that's always been the point of science that it's always seemed and a bit harder than social because it is social is at least from my idea of it being we are not taught social in beginning classes in social we start we begin to learn in science we continue to learn i would say i know in science we continue to use tap we continue to calculations and you know all the stuff in social most people we start writing we start to learn how to research how to analyze and stuff like that you know actually uh speaking of this kind of thing i i i think it's i forgot who mentioned it but it's it's quite it's a i think it's the idea is quite there so so i forgot who is it but it's 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 a philosopher's line basically well not exactly a philosopher he is a someone who uh basically quite you know seem seeing as or he is it this line is said by someone who is perceived as intelligent in their community i forgot who it is but you know he's a good guy or he's an intelligent guy basically so the line goes like this you learn physics to stu- you learn physics to study chemistry and then you learn chemistry to study biology and then you study eh, then you learn biology to study psychology and then you learn psychology to study economics and so basically these things are connected you know science and social are connected but the thing is i believe that especially in science major the demands or the yeah the demands for cognitive ability is will be higher like for example you know maybe in social you get to be creative you get to be you get to do certain things that do not really requires your you know your your thinking capability it's more of the of your it's more of a your artistic abilities than you know your logical abilities meanwhile in science major or at least in science career this is no longer a major this is a career where people actually compete to the top of the hierarchy of you know job becoming the directors or those kind of stuff so i believe that in science you you need to be you need to you need to have this level a certain level of cognitive ability to be good at it because the technology is very fast right now you know uh, one day maybe a computer can only do these things and then the next day computer has already be doing these things and so the development is so fast that you need you need to have at least you need to be more intelligent than average people and i believe that this is also the case when it comes to science it's that it is the fact that nowadays uh 
the the learning itself is not superior to social but the career the requirements that you need to to have a career in science is definitely superior than the requirements for you to be in social careers simply because the amounts of improvement in technology is is very fast that you need that you actually need to be smart enough to understand those things it's you know and even if you come from the top university and then you go out and then you realize that you know all the things that you learn in university won't matter anymore because of the development is very fast that the university cannot even keep up meanwhile in social majors the thing that you learn in you know in let's say university is will be quite similar well i'm not exactly sure because i obviously have have not read things about this and have not experienced this but the probability that the things you learn in uh university or in school will be applicable in the actual career will be will be more probable simply because the humans were basically been the same creature for thousands of years and all you have to and you know there aren't much developments other than you know creativity in the social realm and so i think this stereotype do not really works or do not really uh not works do not really true when it comes to university or when it comes to uh high school but this does this does apply to career especially considering the fact that ai and you know this technology have been going wild since like the year 2000 and so yeah i think that's that's what i think although i'm pretty sure maybe the next day i'll have a different perspective because you know this is one of the things that i've been thinking a lot since our discussion with butias because one of the things that i said to mistias is that i pick science because i i thought that science is more complicated than social hence if i understand science that means i could understand social but but then later that day i watch a video about how the business is structured and basically economics the basic of economics and i realized that i knew nothing about social and it's just as complicated as as physics and so i was quite disappointed that we can't get some of our social teachers on board because i have thousands of questions for them maybe next season maybe next season yeah hopefully next season oh, that's spoilers for the guests we don't have social teachers for the guests by the way we don't even have some people who are trans no i'm just you know it's great you know scheduling is hard anyways you know <laughs> you know i've read i was reading a book right outer mind about evolution of the octopus and what i love most about this book is i don't know if i've mentioned this before but 
This is one of the examples that I give when I say, you know, it doesn't take a scientist to do sciencey things. Because this is a book about evolution, a biological evolution of an animal who's done by a philosopher. Someone who had philosophy as their major. Not, you know, not biology, not science. Philosophy. And this book, you can kind of tell, just reading it, that about all the thought that's put into it, all the perspective compared to facts. This is not a scientific book by any means, but it is a book about perspective, about thinking, about, you know, looking at patterns, about evolution. And I think, you know, speaking of, you know, economics is like very complicated. Maybe you said it's the same as physics. It's more about what your preference is, right? I would always choose to learn about economics more than I would learn about physics. If I was taught like complicated economics, I would be happy. I love complicated terms. I love all this stupid stuff. But you know, when it comes to physics, immediately I have this, you know, I I, I don't really answer like, like I didn't like when it comes to physics class. I'm gonna be honest. I don't put much thought into doing it. I'm just like I'm gonna sit here in front of my screen looking at it. Maybe I'll play a video game while I'm waiting. I'm not gonna really pay attention. Like if I put effort, I feel like I I feel like. If anyone put effort into anything, then I feel like they could achieve it. It's just that some people choose economy, some people choose physics. And you know, back to what you said earlier about uh, about social and science, I think this is one of the fantastic, a good reason why people and why the social and science class uh, being abolished completely is amazing. It's because, you know, you can make the choice of, hey, instead of taking and, physics, oh yeah. And I think you, at the end of the day, you'll need a bit of both, because you know, if if we if you look at the world, you know, let's say Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs mentioned that you cannot start technology from the technology. You need to start technology from the people. So you need to make something that the people actually need, instead of you make the technology and make people need it. And so I think when it comes to you know making a product or making something that is useful, you need to have certain level of social skills and certain level of science skills. Therefore, you you can combine them and turns them into an actual product because the only way to make a product is obviously through science. But the the only way to understand what people need is obviously through social studies. And so I believe that people are naturally drawn into certain subjects in social and certain subjects in science. Like for example, some people may pick physics over chemistry or physics over biology or the other way around. At the same time, they are also interested in, let's say, in economics over psychology. or the other way around and you know more other social subjects and so at the end of the day when they learn when they are able to learn those subjects they could combine them and turn them into an actual product that can be helpful for people so yeah that's jack of all trades master of none better than one you know better than just 
You know, speaking of Apple, by the way, just I want to go on a bit of tangent. Do you know you know AirPods, right? I hate them. Yes. I hate AirPods <laughs> that they exist. Why? It's as we mentioned earlier about you know Bill Gates saying, oh, you can't you know take a product that people don't need and put it in the market and make them need it. That's exactly what AirPods are. No one needed. No one needs <laughs> AirPods. That's the truth. The truth is no one needs AirPods. But now you do because of Apple. They need it like a lot of phones don't have a headphone jack, right, Ryan? You know this, like Apple phones, they don't have a headphone jack. I hate them because my wired headphones are better than any wireless headphone I could ever buy with the same amount of money. Like I could take like your like I could take like fifteen dollar pair of headphones, and they would sound better than any AirPod out there. And that is just the truth, because cable is so much cheaper and easier to produce than wireless. But now because you know, Apple is literally it's so fascinating to think that they literally, you know, you didn't need it, but now you do. They literally changed the world in a literal way. They changed common sense into thinking into making it so that what isn't a requirement what wasn't a need of humanity now has become one and this is like yes, and I th- so fascinating oh, anyways go ahead yeah and i think i think one of, one of the best thing that apple did is their advertisement i don't think there yeah. is a single company that can make an advertisement as good as Apple you know and so I think when it comes to these kind of things like for example iPhone you know iPhone claimed to be the first the first smartphones but actually I've heard that I haven't read the actual article but but I've heard that there before iPhone there is an actual smartphone they just aren't able to you know to distribute it and to advertise it to the public so that the public you know have an idea what smartphone is and use them but apple apple is just you know basically what they did is that they they tried to pick a technology and then make it a little bit better and advertise it as something of their own and so what happens is you know I think one one of the best thing about Apple is that they start with why. They start with why they're making it or why this could help you instead of what they're making, you know? And so when people look at Apple, they see as as a solution. They see a device that may be come a solution to their problems, which, you know, some sometimes it's not even really your problem, but they're just making it so good that you actually think that it's it's a problem and so i think when it comes to advertising apple are mm-hmm. the best apple is the best and when it comes to product now that's a different case and i think apple has left behind since i think since steve jobs died because the innovation weren't there anymore and or at least tim cook cannot be as apple in tim cook's hand is not as innovative as when apple is held by steve jobs because when steve jobs held it literally he is an idea powerhouse 
And so all you have to do is ask him. Meanwhile, Tim Cook is not really Steve Jobs. There can be only one Steve Jobs, and he died. Yeah. You know, more that the more I read about him, like I used to like Steve Jobs until I read about him, <laughs> and I started to hate yes. him. Like, generally, yes, like <laughs> what he's done to the industry. Like first and foremost, but I'm not hate. Hate is strong word, no, no, no. but like I mean, like no, I don't like him as much. Okay, for me, as hate. I used to. For me, it's hate. There's something that he's done <laughs> that I hate him for. First of all, is uh, this is just another tangent, which is repairation of your own devices. Apple started the kind of the trend, and so they influenced the trend. And one of the things Steve Jobs did that I think is the worst thing he's ever done. Is make it so, make it hard for you to repair your own computer. There are people right now who are talking about this, and you know that are more knowledgeable than me. But it's super duper hard to repair an Apple computer. It's super expensive to repair an Apple computer. I would honestly want to use one if it wasn't for this issue, and maybe for a few other things. But the fact that there's this standard that he created, which was you know. Customers are too stupid to be trusted with their own device, right? And I think that's one of the things I hate the most. It's that assuming the customer is too stupid, because you know some of us love tinker with their computer. The reason I love Windows so much and it'd be Linux more is because you could just destroy it inside out. You could if you if you do enough, you can destroy it inside out. With Apple locked behind. Gate behind this door that can you know ruin your entire experience with the device if you break it, and so you know there's this difficulty. I feel like th- that's one of the reasons why Apple, I would say, loses out to me, you know, in, uh, compared to the price because you know, as a, a, a people, someone who doesn't like Apple, you know, the company, not the products. I I can admit their products are fantastic, as much as I hate the AirPods. They are a fantastic device, right? You know, they're very useful. Wireless earbuds in that shape and that design are innovative. But you know, standardizing it was not. Standardizing it was not a good idea. But you know, anyways. But you know,、uh, what was I saying? You know, that's that's enough for me about Apple. But you know, that's the, the more I read about Steve Jobs, the more I kind of hate him. Like, there's other Apple like founding members. That you know, I really respect. Like some of them, I forgot what their name is, but you know, it's in support of right to repair of their own devices. But you know, that's probably all I'm going to talk about well, for this episode. Well, I、maybe. think it it kind of depends on what you use Apple for. Like for example, maybe maybe Windows or like Linux is better for someone like you, for example. You know, who who's like who really likes to, you know. Uh, in, in, um, apa ya istilahnya? Ngebongkar, yeah, to really go deep into things and to really find out how is it made or how, how is it, how does it work and etc. But, but maybe Apple would be a better device for someone, let's say like you know someone who do not really want to get deep into those kind of stuff. But instead, he he is someone who's more, you know, who came down to performance, who 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 
his only need is to find a device that could help him let's say write or let's say i know draw something and i think apple will be more suitable for those kind of guys because all they're doing is finding a device that could help them whereas someone like you know let's say a more curious type of people are more likely to you know to want to know how the things that they have on their table is built and so i think it it at the end of the day it depends on you know the the needs and the person who will use it yeah I'm not. I don't want to go into a debate about Apple versus you know not Apple right now. We usually did that, that though. I think it's. Do really you remember stupid, that? You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, now thinking about, I think it's really stupid. I don't think I don't have to defend a company. I don't have to defend anything, but I do want to make an argument for. I hate Windows for that exact reason. I think that for users who just want a laptop, who just want to start on you know Microsoft Word or Google Doc, it is such a pain to open up to you know. To customer to set up and that is you know i hate that i agree with you on that point but you know I, the number one thing with apple is just that i don't want it to be you don't have to lock it you don't have to make it you know a feature you don't have to make it you know everyone it doesn't have to be mandatory but you can have an option you can allow people like me to think around with your device you can allow it right you don't have to mandatorily you know you have to require it. you're not required allow it right and you know stuff like proprietary port i think that one of the greatest you know innovation right now is usb type c because it is literally the least proprietary i can use it to charge my phone i can use it to charge my laptop i can use it to charge basically most electronic devices today you can use usb type c right apple is still using proprietary ports on their devices And I think that's dumb. I think that's really dumb. You know, the U has problems with that as well, but you know, that's not. Wait, I don't think that is the case for the more not MacBook brand new Apple still. phones. The phones are still using Lightning. Oh, phones. Yeah, the phones are still using Lightning. I mean, like my phone, it's USB Type C. Like nowadays, like with Windows and like I guess not Windows, but not Apple products, you can like kind of get. Uh, like a, a USA a, a USB Type C cable, and you can just plug it in. You can have that to charge. Like this isn't the greatest thing either, but like you know, not having proprietary things is good. Like Microsoft doing proprietary stuff, I also thought that was stupid. But like not proprietary is good. Give more power to the consumer, which is not what companies want to do. Of course, Apple has a lot of money. I don't want to argue about that right now. I don't want to argue about that in general, actually, because I think it's dumb. Again, I. I, I love MacBooks. Honestly, the technology and the OS, as I, I, I'm gushing about it because it's so cool, right? It's so optimized, it's so well built, but it's just not for me. And that's all we're gonna talk about that topic for this episode. Maybe if we, uh, eh, eh, it's fine. Let's maybe, maybe, maybe not. <sighs> you know, we started talking about teenagers, right? And now we're here. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> greatest podcast ever when we have a topic we just we don't we just ignore that completely <laughs> you know i think one of, one of the reason is because you know we we aren't really i think based on how i think you think is that we are we don't really care about other people 
you know? So No, we don't, do we? <laughs> but that sounds horrible when you say it, but like, that's kind of the truth, isn't it? Yeah. And so like, for example, you know, this is one of, one of the things that I've been trying. I've been trying for the past couple of weeks to actually develop it. Which is, you know, I, I try to be more empathetic and I, I try to be more, at least, you know, be someone who actually cares. You know, this is why I, uh, I try to do certain good things that some people might be surprised that I did that. And so far, it's been, you know, maybe there are some progress, but Surprise? it's not significant. Surprise, man. Hmm? Are you sure the right word is surprise? That's a very strong word. Yeah, it's... Some people are quite surprised that Fantastic. I did that for them. And one of the reasons is because I, you know, I was... I think this is something that I need to develop. Because at the end of the day, I will be dealing with humans, whether I like it or not. And so at least I need to have some certain level of understanding on how they would like to be treated and how they, you know, how to develop a connection with them. Although this is really not my thing. Even even when I became the president of the student council, I was very glad that I became the vice instead of the president. Because if I become the president, then it's, student council will be hell, literally hell. Because, you know, I was, I, sometimes I can be pushy and I can push people too much. And so, well, meanwhile, Alea, she is a, the total opposite of me. She is a very empathetic person. She listens to people. She, uh, she actually feel what other people feel. And so she actually able to identify when I go too much, you know, when, you know, I need to be stopped. And so, yeah, I was... I've been trying to understand human and care more about human for the past couple of weeks. Well, not weeks, months. For the um, past couple of months. I was. I, I, I want to say something after this, but just before that, the way that we, you say humans and they make it seem like you're like an alien or something, like, I'm like a human, I'm a human. I'm not human. I'm not human. Like. Come on, man. We're, we're also human, technically. You know, we're people. I mean, not yeah. other people, not other humans. Anyway, <laughs> before, you know. Yeah. Actually, I want to say, I think you're kind of more empathetic than me in some cases. Like, for example, I'm going to bleep all this out, this information out. But when we were, when I was inviting this photo, when I was thinking of inviting him onto the podcast, and you said no. Even I, if it was me by myself and I knew the information you gave me, I would have still done it and I would have asked him because I just don't care. Like, I'm never, like, for me, it's like, it's either or. It's like a black or white. Like, do I care about you enough to be empathetic towards you or do I just not and just, I don't know, I'll just say whatever I want, screw you. Like, there's a certain <laughs> level of, like, it, like, there's some points like, oh yeah, I, I need to be empathetic to this person, but like sometimes, like, again, with the pot solos thing, it's like, I'm never gonna see this guy again. I just asked. It might be interesting content. <laughs> it might be interesting. <laughs> and that, in that case, you're a way better person than me. 
Well, maybe maybe that's because I I don't know. Maybe that's because you actually in you know you actually in the room, whereas I heard it from other people. I, I, and so, I also just heard it from you. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Really? Oh. So, so I heard it from the social social uh, people. Yeah. yeah, social students. That you know there is this problem, and you know this is what's going on, and maybe the the way that they told me has made me feel like it's it's a tragedy. You know, it's something that you really should pay attention to. Whereas I you, it's not because of, I may kind of, I don't think it's because of the smoking thing. I think it's because maybe something else. Like I know that there's been a lot of complaints about Pasolos. Like I personally complain about him quite a bit, just because of how incompetent I think he is as a teacher. Like, <laughs> like it's not the smoking thing. Is it like a bad thing? I just think he's incompetent. Like, come on, man, just like. I'm not going into that. Yeah, you no, know. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> let's let's that. change the topic. Let's, let's, well, they're right. I, let's cut cut the previous part. Recently, the, that is. Recently, I got into an argument with a teacher. Right. Oh. So we had a conversation. I think it was around one and a half hours of me just like. <laughs> it's not something that I would be surprised though. And then like, so, like <laughs> no, like, know, like when I observe like the reaction, the person like the first time that we met, like when I just answered, they're like, "Oh, we're still smiling," you know. And at the end, it's just like, it's like just hatred, pure hatred. <laughs> I just want to say that was a really funny experience to me. Just like, oh, this is my first time actually arguing with a teacher until this point. Where they hate me, and then it's just like, ten out of is, ten. is it in class or? No, it's... no, no, not in class. It's personal, private. But um, if it was in class, I would be rude, honestly. Like I think again, my number one thing is that I've always had this philosophy—not always, but I—I I got this philosophy of don't talk about people behind their back. Don't you know? If you have a problem with them, please address it to them. If you do, you think you can address it to them. As best you can, you know, respect. You know, you still be able to converse, make a conflict resolution. I guess you know, make conversation. You know, find out why, ask, request them not to do this kind of thing. And uh, if if it's in front of others, like physics, I got. Um, I'll just say I, I. So on a score reflection, I got a beginning score, which is like the second lowest score. And you know. I was very ready to go in class and, you know, talk to the teacher about it, ask the teacher why, argue about it, you know, yell at the teacher. Like, I was completely prepared to do that until I found out the reason. And I was like, you want this teacher? Completely justified. Completely justified why you did this? I respect you. And then I just didn't do it. So, yeah, just a bit of a, a tangent. Just a funny bit to kind of end, not kind of interrupt. The, the serious topic before us. <laughs> Have you ever gone to an oh. argument with sure before, Ryan? Oh, I. I think I I did, but I forgot which one because it's so frequent. And you know, I was I was more of a person who. I don't know. I think I I was quite similar with you though. I 
when when I have a conflict and then I'll talk to the person uh, by myself and I think well teachers let me think of it. I think I haven't I haven't like you know had like yours your experience where you know you really you really have a discussion for about one and a half hours but but I was more of a person who you know if that's the case okay I'll play your game as long as you know I can continue the class unless you know unless he really crosses the line you know like for example when when someone don't really like the way I do certain stuff and it's not based on like you know a good reason and then I'll confront him you know and say hey why why did I get this 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 and then he he'll say certain stuff that just don't make sense and then if that's the case I'll go after him and you know I'll go like really maybe in the first couple of minutes I really you know I really go for him you know I really beat his mental his defense yeah you know because you know because you know we're human and we we feel emotion we we want to get angry but then the last couple of minutes of that discussion will be me trying to basically say to him that I respect him resolution. that I yeah more of a solution and we I try to to find a solution in a discussion although you know usually at the beginning I'll just you know go after him but at the end of the discussion I try to actually find a solution I try to find the things that I have to do in order to let's say have a better score because you know it's something that I value you know, a lot of people in Chicago especially don't really care about scores because it's you know most of them think that it's not something that you should pay attention to it's just it's the outcome it's it's something that you know it's it do not matter for them as much but for me especially nowadays where i really wanted to you know to get certain scholarships and certain when i wanted to go to certain university then i really pay attention to my scores and so when i get bad scores i'll, I'll be more aggressive than i used to i agree there's no use trying to hide it right like i feel like some people are like oh it's not about the score it's about the principle and i and when i yeah, that's I, was teacher, I was like no it's about the score i'm angry because of the score and i would like to know why and i want to improve it obviously if possible mm-hmm. but you know i'm not i'm not gonna lie about it. i don't know yeah i've been in so many conversations with people like like some of your experience like they say so much stupid stuff and like, i don't understand like it doesn't make sense and then but instead of yeah. you like getting angry i'm just like i just don't care i'm like okay i'm talking to an idiot here uh should i get to this conversation and waste my brain power or should i just leave and you know be happy and most of the time i leave and be happy and um you know being happy is pretty cool uh just just just, just my personal opinion being happy is quite good uh yeah by the way speaking of school what do you think about you know the 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 more frequent better more frequent offline school intermark that's my only call intermark that's my only problem that's it that's the only thing i think about it just intermark <laughs> i hate it why i'm never gonna not hate it 
But um, that's it. I don't mind it. Why? Why is Mark on here? It is fighting against man. No, no, no. It's just that, you know, um, one is just a hassle. I'm not gonna. So first of all, you have to pay to go inside Intermark, right? It's not part of Gachi Call, like. Wait, unless of, unless you are dropped in front of Intermark, yeah, which it's yeah. paid first and foremost. So you drop in front of it and go. If it's raining, you have to go all the way downstairs, right? Mm, and yes. if it's not, it's still okay. That's not that. But um, I guess I just I'm just kind of lazy, you know. Uh, to, you know, see people in the morning, like be in a crowded bus, like I just kind of want to go to school early, go to the classroom, and sit in the corridor with my laptop. I don't really want to deal with wait for the bus to come, go on the bus. You think I used to actually ride a school bus right in front of when I was in America, right in front of my house, literally right in front of it, across the street. The school bus stop would be there. So every morning is is the bus. is the condition exactly the same like the movies? You know, yellow buses and yes, you know, exactly the same. Exactly the same? It's like there's like there's like the school bus like. Sometimes there was fights, sometimes the mess. Like, I was lucky because my school bus was quite empty. And this is we're like primary schoolers, we're elementary schoolers, so it's not that bad. But like, I had this guy with me, right, for like, like a, a, a pretty long time on the school bus when I was in the fourth grade. And I just gotta say, he was a very bad influence on me. He was a fifth grade, so he was a year older. And at that time, you're fourth grader, fifth grader, like they seem like high schoolers, you know. Like they seem like so old to you, and it's like, I he he was such a bad influence on me. That's all I'm gonna say. Like you know, there's a lot of cursing going on, like for like young kids. There's a lot of like stupid stuff. Like there's a lot of like um, gossip as well. It's just like one time I just my favorite thing to do in the school bus is pretty normal, which is just go to sleep after school, just fall asleep, and then, you know hope that someone wakes you up when you when I get back to my stop. But yeah, that's it's it's pretty much the same as all, you know the and if you the tension is also the same thing. Like if you did something on the school bus and you know someone reported you, study hall if you're in fourth grade or detention if you're lower. It's the same. It's how how about the you know, I watch this, I I watch a lot of movies that have a relationship with bullying. Bullying. Is it that bad? You know, I feel like <laughs> for me, American school for me, is very bad. I was very heavily bullied. Do you know Diary of the Wimpy Kid? I haven't watched it. Okay, but but do you know the Cheese Touch? The what? Cheese Touch. No. Okay, so this is gonna be hard to explain to you. So there's this kind of thing in American. Uh, first of all, children are monsters. This is a point I want to evangelize. I want to spread this word everywhere. Children are terrifying. They are monsters, and I hate them. Three points. Okay, so here's the thing. So there's this game, right, in the West called like touch, something touch. So basically, it's like infection, right? It's like tag. If you're it, you get away from that person. So if you touch them, you get infected. So like. It, like, so they're like an infection or a disease or something. And that's like the cheese touch. So if you get touched by a person, like you're infected, you have to stay away from everyone. Everyone will run away from you. And this is like not a game that goes on only in recess, but like 
the entire school year, basically. I was the cheese touch. In elementary school, I was the cheese touch. Like, no one wants to get near me because of that. So I only hung out with, like, other people that no one wanted to get near. Like, people who, like, at the time, like, you know, it's pretty terrible to say, but disabled people, people with, you know, uh, you know, mental disabilities, you know, these are the people, like, I was able to hang out with because, you know. Because they can't move. No, 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 no. Not, like, not <laughs> they, they could move, but, like, they wanted to, you know, they, they weren't, like, because they were also bullied by the others, right? Like, by the cool mm. kids, right? Wait, are, is, is the cheese touch uh, change over time? Like, for example, like, for example, uh, this week, maybe you, and next week, no. someone else? No. It's just you. So, for me, it was the entire, until I left school, I was still that guy. And so, actually, over there, I'm gonna point there, I have a poster, not a poster, but a signboard, coming from my old school, and then that has, um, basically, a cheese touch on it as well. Like, they have the curse of it there as well, so, it's like an artifact I keep in my, in my drawer. It's mysterious. So, like, yeah, so, it's, it's real, the bullying is not maybe violent, Again, children are monsters, so like it's more about word games, like making fun of you verbally and stuff. And so like whenever I see people like reporting bullying now, I'm like, that's not bullying. That's not bullying. I've seen bullying before, and it's not it. So my worst case actually wasn't even from students. It was from my teacher when I was in the second grade. When I was like living, so obviously the, the teacher was Chinese. This is like not important to the story, but the teacher was very Chinese. And so like super strict. I was like punished all the time for doing nothing. I was like, so basically, um, yeah, the bullying is real. Uh, the teacher thing, uh, if you're in a Chinatown, probably yes. Not as bad as Indonesian teachers though. Uh, Indonesian teachers are, <laughs> you know how they are, right? <laughs> Everyone here probably knows. How they are. They're terrifying. Terrifying people. So yeah. High school. I mean, school in America. It's definitely not great. Wow. Okay. I was talking well, about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I really do... I really want to know and go deep into that, though, because I, I was quite curious. You know, this is something that I... I can't talk to anyone else beside you. And so, but, but I think, but sadly, I think it's time for me to join another classes. Oh, you have another And so, oh, yeah. yeah, I have A-level physics. Oh, it's so, physics now. Yeah. I have physics as well. Yeah. Okay, then. In that, All right. can we do the outro real quick? Sure. Okay. Anyways, I think that's all. We're abruptly ended because we have to go to class. Students, all right? Anyways, thank you very much for watching this episode. And if you enjoyed it, please uh for watch the other episodes especially the ones with the guests they're great uh watch the one with the teachers especially and please don't watch Willis episode uh <laughs> thank you everyone for watching if you are or listening wherever you are in the big wide world i've been mikhail this has been my good friend ryan wave goodbye ryan see you guys next time see you